Your business is on the runway, ready for takeoff, yet your team is not even making contact. You're exhausted, and the business needs to make more money to stay successful. What do you do next? Welcome to Ask the Coach with professional business coach Oliver Baisner. If you're ready to soar to new heights with your business and be the pilot of your own successful destiny, stay tuned. We're ready to roll. Now, here's your host, Oliver Baisner. Hello, everyone. Oliver Baisner here and so excited to be talking about part two from uh, continuation from our last show, which is the 10 P's of selling. So are you in sales or are you not in sales? You know, let's answer that question definitively. If you have something that you're offering to customers, clients, if you're in a corporate position, chances are you're in sales. So that pretty much doesn't leave anybody out. And, you know, why do I say that? Well, you know, as, I, as I've said in the past, you know, when I got to a large corporation that I was uh, asked to help turn around their profits, this was a number of years ago, I remember sharing with my team that every one of you is in sales right down to how the receptionist is scripted to answer the phone. You see, when I got there on the first week, I was just walking around and, and meeting people and, and listening to them talk. And uh, I remember the receptionist saying to a, a potential client of ours that uh, she didn't think we did that. And she didn't really know. She just, in the end, when I talked to her about it, she just didn't know where to transfer them to. So you see how you script the person answering the phone is just as important because you're selling something, right? And you've been in sales since you were an infant because when you needed your diaper changed, you sold it. So you're all in sales. So now that we've established that, that's why the 10 P's of selling are so important. What happens is you take yourself through the 10 P's and I'll, I'll go through the ones from the last show real quick to bring everybody up to speed that might have missed that show. But when you're done going through the 10 P's, it becomes the perfect sales cycle. Doesn't matter if you have a long sales cycle, a short sales cycle, the 10 P's will take you through a complete circle. So let's go through them. So last show we talked about pre-qualifying. That's the first P in the 10 P's of selling. So are they even the right client for you? You know, how do, they, how do you know they're the right client? Well, you need to start asking some questions, right? Whether that's over the phone or over email, however you're introduced to them. I prefer the telephone because I can get a sense for them and I can dig a lot deeper on my questions. Can they afford your product or service? Because that's great that they want your product or service, but if they can't afford it, they're probably not going to be able to do business with you anyway. So you've got to pre-qualify that client. From there, you've got to make it to the next P, which is making it personal. Establish that rapport. Let's make sure that that potential client has some kind of a rapport connection with you. Right Now, you don't have to become their best friends. Lots of potential clients do not want to be your next best friend. And so it's really just establishing some simple rapport and understanding and then getting to the point over time of do they know, like, and trust you? Because people do business with, they, with who they know, who they like, and especially who they trust. Third P, now you've got to identify the problem. What is it that they want? Can you even help them? Maybe you're the wrong person. You know, I've had potential clients that I've sat across from where they really I wasn't my sweet spot. You know, I'll give you an example. We we don't write business plans here at Sonic Coaching. So, but I have a great person that I can refer somebody to if they need a really excellent business plan that generally gets approved by the banks. So that's where I have partnerships and relationships out in the marketplace. But that's not a problem I solve. Right. Find the pain. So as you're identifying the problem, you got to, you've got to start finding the pain. Now we're moving into our fourth P, which is pain. And so you've got to dig deep on the pain by asking great questions. 
You know, last show we talked about my seven layer dip. You've got to go seven layers deep. You know, as generally what we do is we go broad. Like we ask a lot of broad questions and, you know, what is it you'd, you'd like to use the product for? And, you know, what are some of the challenges you're having with the product? We don't ever go deep, right? What's the impact on the business? What's the impact on them personally? What's the impact on their, their employees, their team? What's the impact on the board? What's the impact on their families? So many great questions that you can go deep on. And so that's how you get through to the pain because you've got to get them to feeling the pain. People make emotional decisions and then we rationalize that decision afterwards. But generally it's all based on emotions or at least 80% of that decision making is based on emotions. Then we go to the pitch. So now you've, you've got to get to the point where you're pitching your product, right? So present your solutions, right? You've asked great questions. So now you should be able to position your conversation much more targeted to that client. You know what their pain points are. Talk about how you can actually solve their problem. And then answer any of the unspoken objections that might come up. So, you know, we talked about those in depth on the last show, but you know, there's always those unspoken objections where, where people have them in their mind. You know, can I afford it? Might be one of them. And uh, you've got to answer those before they even come up. And then from there, proof. Now you've got to prove to them that you know you're worth doing business with and we talked about my acronym under proof which is called haunt you know this is you know proving and handling objections is what haunts salespeople and the acronym for haunt is you know hurt did did you get into the pain point deep enough you know the a is afford can they afford your product or service remember that's the pre-qualifying piece is there an urgency you know when do they actually want your service, right? If they're not ready for a year, then maybe it's too soon, right? But the other thing is, is there a compelling offer that you've got for them, right? How are you going to get them to urgency? What, you know, how are you going to get them to take action today, not in six months from now? And then the end is need, you know, again, back to the pre-qualifying, do they even need what you have to offer? And then that, that uh, making it personal part, building that rapport. So the T is trust, right? So that's why Salespeople are often haunted by having to handle those objections. They haven't done a great job in digging deep into the pain and then being able to customize their presentation. So that brings you up to speed from our last show. Now I want to talk about the next P, right? So we've gone from pre-qualify, making it personal, identifying the problem, going deep on the pain, pitching what it is that you're going to solve their problem with and, and, and relieve them of that pain. You know, you're going to provide proof. And so that's handling the objections and maybe providing some testimonials in the right situation um, so that you can prove you've actually done it before. Now you're going to pounce, right? So this is really where you're going to start going towards closing that sale. So watch for the buying signals. That's the first thing I want you to be aware of is if you're not looking for the buying signals, then how do you know to pounce, right? And so here's some things I wanna talk about. You've gotta watch for buying signals like, they might be questions, right? So questions around pricing, you know, a specific project, you know, delivery times, how soon can you get, get the, you know, get, get your product to them? You know, this, they might wanna know your service type, right? Or, or warranties or guarantees. They might even ask about payment options. Those are all buying signals, right? So they're starting to think about what it would be like to do business with you. They might ask you for information about more information about the company, additional information about the, the task or the product or the service that you're offering. Um, and then you've got to watch for what I call smokescreen objections, 
right? Because they are really buying signals. You know, a smokescreen objection would be, how do I know I'm getting the best deal on your product or service? Well, that means they're thinking about buying your product or service. You need to know how to handle that question because it's a buying signal. It's not an objection. It's a smokescreen objection, right? And so we're going to talk about how to deal with uh, with the price objection uh, later in the show. So any of you dealing with a price objection, which is all of you at some point, um, I'm going to give you uh, a little bit of help on that. And then, you know, they might request to repeat part of your presentation. Hey, can we go to slide like 10 or, or the data that you showed me? Whatever they ask, that's a great sign. It's a buying signal. And of course, the magic words. So what do we do next? How do we get started? Those are magic words. Time to close, right? And buying signals aren't always in the form of verbal. You've got to watch for, for body language as well. So here's, I'm going to give you some some tips here and, and clues and things you're really looking for. So really watch for this because I look for it all the time. You know, are they making eye contact with you, right? Or are they kind of looking away or looking down at the table most of the time, right? If they're making eye contact, could be a great buying signal, especially if their eye count contact has increased or changed since the beginning of the call. You know, the other one you want to know is or know about is if they're starting to handle the product, if you've got a physical product that they're starting to play with and they're starting to hold and touch and and kind of experience, that's a buying signal. If they lean in towards you, right, as opposed to leaning away from you, another great buying signal. If there's a sudden change in their demeanor in terms of their warmth, their openness, you've got to watch for that, right? Because that openness means now you're getting to that place of, of no like and trust, right? And so they're they're starting to lean in. They're starting to be more open. They're starting to give you some warmth. Buying signals, buying signals. Watch for that. And then rubbing their chin. Believe it or not, if somebody's, you know, some, some individual, some personality styles will, as they're starting to think deeply about everything you've talked about, they're going to start rubbing their chin. Buying signal, right? So again, you've got to watch for that. If, if they cross their arms, again, certain personality styles are much more comfortable crossing their arms. And so if they're, if they're highly analytical, they're likely to cross their arms while they're in deep thought. They might even lean back. So watch for that. You might think, oh, they're leaning away. But no, they're deeply thinking. Let them think. Don't interrupt them. See what comes next. And that is a potential buying signal. So those are some great signals you want to watch for um, that you've, you've really got to watch for those buying signals. Now, here's the thing. When you're pouncing, if you don't ask for the order at some point, then you're just not going to get it, right? And I can tell you that because we're going to move on from, uh, you know, from pounce to the ninth, uh, the next P, I should say, which is purchase. But even before we go there, that's the eighth P, purchase, is don't oversell. So if you see buying signals and they're starting to ask those questions or where do we go next, stop selling. I have to reiterate that. Stop selling. You can't continue to sell if they're giving you a buy, buying signal. So don't oversell the product. And then you have to get to the next one where you're moving into the sale. Okay? So let's talk about that. How do you move into the sale? Well, the P is the, the eighth P is purchase. You want to close the deal. And here's why you want to keep it simple. Keep it simple. KISS. Many of you have heard of this acronym. Keep it simple, sweetheart. Some people say stupid. I prefer sweetheart. So keeping it simple means you don't have to overcomplicate the process here. You know, you know one of the biggest things I learned years ago as, as a coach consultant myself 
was that don't go get lawyers, and no offense to our lawyers listening, but don't go get lawyers giving you a 20-page contract, right? You don't necessarily need them. I do business with large corporations, and we have a one-page agreement that we get them to sign. You know, I remember I, I, I had a, a law firm that I did some business with and, and helped them and did some coaching with here in Calgary. And they said to me that one of the partners looked at me and says, you know, I can make that way tighter. And I said, no, it's fine. I know you can make that tighter. But if you're not happy with my services, then I want you to have that out. And so that gave them a high comfort level that I was intent on delivering the quality of service that I had promised. So when we get the purchase, you know, Brian Tracy said it best. He said, if you're in sales and you fear rejection, you've picked the wrong way to make a living. Absolutely true. You know, if, if you've got a fear of rejection, you're never going to get to that next place with them where you are actually closing because you're going to be scared to close. Therefore, you'll never really close unless they're desperate for your product or they close for you. Right. So we're going to talk about closes. In fact, we're going to spend a bunch of time on closes. But here's the thing. I have actually had salespeople call on me in the past and I can think of a very specific uh, young salesperson called on me years ago when I was in a, in a different company. And I remember he, he presented well. You could tell he was polished. He had a great presentation. The company had done a good job giving him the right tools to sell. So he presented it really well, but he never went to the close. So I didn't buy anything, right? And he phoned me up uh, you know, with follow-up and wanted a second meeting. I gave him one because I was kind of interested in what he had to offer, right? And so again, we had a great meeting, but he never went to the close. In the end, I bought from his competitor who closed, right? I thought back on that, you know, years later, and I went, you know, the reason I didn't buy from him wasn't because I didn't want the product, it was because he was scared to close. And so closing is so important. So, you know, we're gonna go to break shortly, but after the break, I wanna really go deep on what my nine favorite closes are. I can tell you, if, you know, you can go on the internet and there's, you know, there's probably a hundred closes you can find, but I can tell you these nine closes are proven, these are the ones I use with my clients and myself, and these are the closes that work. And, and I'll even tell you which ones are my favorite. I have a couple that I like to use a lot. And so closing is key. If you fear rejection, get out of sales or get over it, right? Because you cannot get to a close if you're not asking them for the sale. So purchase, that's our eighth P, how to close the deal. Remember, we've got a call in show. If you want to give us a shout, feel free to give me a call. We can talk some more. If you've got a challenge around closing or on any of the closes that you've tried or handling an objection, love to talk to you. So the number is 1-866-472-5790. We're going to move to purchasing, closing. Then we've got two P's left after that. I can tell you, you don't want to miss this, the, 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 the part of the show after the break because closing is everything. So, by the way, there's three things that you have to be good at when you're in sales, prospecting, presenting, and closing. If we go back to my example about that young salesman that, used, that called on me years ago, you know, prospecting-wise, I have to assume he was good. He tracked me down. I, I gave him a meeting, right? So he was probably decent at prospecting. He was, you know, really good at presenting. I'd say he had, you know, a great pitch. He had a great you know, set of documentation, obviously well-trained in, in the company he was working for on the presenting part, but he couldn't close, right? So where are you? Give yourself a rating one to 10 on the prospecting. One to 10, where are you at right now? What's the number? Don't think about it, you know. Presenting, what's the number? Closing, what's the number, right? And 
wherever your number is lowest, that's where you should probably focus some of your energy because that's your critical constraint. That's what's holding you back right now and making the sale. So we are going to go to break. After the break, we're going to go to those nine favorite closes of mine. So stay tuned. We'll be right back. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. At Sonic Breakthrough Coaching, we work with business owners and leaders to get the results they need. You can focus on the horizon, break barriers, and navigate change. Stop flying around in circles and get ready to break through to new levels of success. Sonic Coaching has a proven track record of helping entrepreneurs and leaders improve financial performance and success. It's time to turn around negative performance and morale. Instead, let sales soar and take profit performance to new levels. Sonic Breakthrough Coaching can provide the right tools and systems to get you where you want to go. We function as the CEO and executive team's co-pilot. Visit soniccoaching.com. Rise to amazing heights with your team. Join successful business owners and leaders who have let Sonic Breakthrough Coaching pilot them to success. Visit soniccoaching.com today. Sonic Coaching, helping good businesses break through to great. We're on the web at soniccoaching.com. Propelling your business to new heights is easier than you think. Sonic Breakthrough Coaching can help provide the right tools you need to get there. Sonic Breakthrough Coaching works with business owners to improve both team and financial performance. And with a proven track record of successfully helping owners and leaders turn around negative performance and morale and soar sales and profit performance to new levels. The time is now. Sonic Breakthrough Coaching, helping good businesses break through to great. Visit soniccoaching.com. Voice America Business Network, the bottom line in business. Bob Pritchard has over 30 years of experience as a straight-talking business consultant and author working with some of the top Fortune 500 companies. Now he's come to the Voice America Business Channel to help you and your business. Tune in to the Bob Pritchard Radio Show for information about starting and successfully running a profitable business. From the movers and shakers to great marketing screw-ups, you can't afford to miss a single edition of the Bob Pritchard Radio Show, Tuesdays at 5 p.m. Pacific, 8 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Business. You're tuned in to Ask the Coach with Oliver Baisner. To reach the show today, call us at 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. Now, back to Ask the Coach. Welcome back, everyone. Oliver Baisner here. I'm so excited. It's one of my favorite topics, sales, the 10 P's of selling, you know, we created this as Sonic Coaching for our clients, you know, just to run you through them quickly if you've just joined us. Pre-qualify your prospects, make it personal. So in other words, establish rapport, figure out what the problem is that you're trying to solve for them, dig deep on their pain points. And then from there, you start pitching towards the pain points that you've identified, provide some proof, handle the objections, and then pounce. At, watch for those buying signals, ask for the order. And so when we get to purchase, this is where often salespeople will fall down is because they don't know how to close. 
right? Or they're scared to close because they fear rejection. And so because of the fear of rejection, they just rather not close and get not, not get rejected and therefore not get the order anyway. So the salespeople in the top 10% know how to close and they close all the time. They're closing continuously. They're doing trial closes, but they're trying to close that client as they're taking them through the sales process. So let's talk about closing. Let's talk about my nine favorite closes. And so we're going to start with my absolute, one of my favorites is one of my top two is the assumptive close, right? As I'm asking the questions, going deeper on the questions, providing solutions, the client is almost closing themselves because if I'm asking the right questions, they're, they're getting deeper and deeper into the pain and they get to a point where they realize they need some help and I'm gonna be the guy to provide it because of course I'm also interjecting my pitch into those pain points. And so I go with an assumptive close, it's pretty simple. Sounds like all we need to do is set a date and get started right away. And so it, it, there's no question there. I just go to straight, go to the close. The other close I might use is great, then the next step is we need to do this, right? And I just tell them, here's the next step. We've got to get started on this right away because that you know that's gonna have the biggest impact on your business. And so I'm just basically assuming we're closing. I'm not asking, I'm just closing. And so that's the assumptive close. That's, again, that's one of my top two. And then the next one is a summary close. Summary close is important because you need to tie the value of everything you're doing by summarizing the, you know, the benefits, the differentiated benefits, particularly from anybody else they might be talking to that are important to the buyer. So if you've done a great job going deep on the pain, you'll know what that is. And so, so the summary close, you, you basically summarize everything. So everything that you've already agreed to and the benefits and how it's maybe different than the competitors, we're the only ones who do this. We're the only ones who provide this as part of the summary. Um, so we've talked about how this will make your business stand out. So let's move forward with this project, right? So I'm summarizing and I'm going to a close. Pretty straightforward. You know, and this would be more in a technical sale or more of a bigger type sale where maybe the, the sales cycle is longer. This is where you want to use the summary close because you want to summarize everything, all the value points before you go to that close. Uh, so that's, a, you know, that's the second one of my favorites. It's not one of my top two, but it's definitely one of my favorites. Then we go to the alternative close. So this works really, really well with dominating personalities, our drivers, the people who just are driven, focused, you know, they're moving forward fast. It's about results. And so with our driver personality, you just want to give them options because they want to be in the driver's seat. Remember, that's why they're drivers. And so the, the driving close is pretty simple. You know, here are the benefits and the cost to package A or proposal A. Here are the benefits and costs to proposal B or package B, whatever you're selling. Which one of these do you think would best serve your needs? Right? You're letting them make the decision. Now, if you've done a good job identifying the benefits and the costs of the different packages, they'll probably pick the one you want anyway. Right? If you've done the, a good job, you'll get them to a point. They're smart. They'll make the right decision. Right? They'll pick the one you want. Uh, another easy, easy way to close sometimes is, you know, if you're just getting buying signals, they're ready to go. Um, will that be cash or visa? You know, how do you want to pay for this? Do you want to use corporate check? You want to put it on a credit card and get the points, right? Pretty straightforward. I've used that close, right? It's just the alternative close. This is exactly what I said, right? Do they want the points or do they want to pay by corporate check? So that's the alternative close. Now let's move on. So when we're looking at the next close, it's the question close. 
So the question close is extremely powerful. It's quite similar to the assumptive close that I like, but in a question format. So this is my my second one. This is the assumptive close and the question close are my top two. I use them all the time, right? So it's very powerful when the potential client is asking, already asking closing questions, right? Remember we talked about those before the break. So they might ask something, can you help with fixing my team? Yes, absolutely. I've done it in your industry with a team this large. And when would you like me to come in and get started? Because it sounds like it's urgent that we get things moving forward. Right? It's just a quick question, right? It's, I'm assuming we're closing. And I just ask them a question on what are the next steps? Let's go. Right? So that's our question close. Now, when we move on to the next close, it's the final objection close. Now the final objection close is an interesting one. It's when a client kind of keeps raising objections one after another. So it's objection after objection. You, you feel like you're dealing with an endless summary of objections. They're constantly finding things to talk about as to why maybe they don't want to do this, right? So what you have to do is you have to rephrase the objection in a question form. So let me give you an example. Now, I did some work with a a photographer a number of years ago uh, it was a studio and one of the questions they would get sometimes is I don't believe that the portrait will look good over the fireplace all right so they're getting the portrait uh, it's a beautiful portrait of their family and then now they're not sure it's gonna look good over the fireplace right so you rephrase that objection in a question format so if I understand you correctly you're concerned about how the portrait will fit above the fireplace. And so they'll answer yes. That is correct. Now, here's where you need to make sure there's no more objections because you don't want to keep ha dealing with objections for another hour. All right? So is there any other significant issue that would prevent us from moving forward once this concern is addressed? Let me repeat that. Is there any other significant issue that would prevent us from moving forward once this concern is addressed? So you're basically saying, is that your only other objection? Like once we address this, you've got no other concerns, we can move forward. No, that's the only one. Now, if they bring up some other ones, okay, fine, write them down, right? Make sure you don't miss any of them. Put them back in a question format, right? And then deal with them one at a time, right? But if this is the only one and they say, no, that's it. So how this particular uh, photography studio dealt with it is they went and they actually would project the image above their fireplace so they'd go to the client's home right project it over the fireplace so they could look at it and then readjust the size remember you're projecting it so you can move forward and backwards and adjust the size often what they found is by using that tool for a close they would actually upsell the client because the client would, because of budget or, you know, they didn't want to spend quite as much money, would go with a smaller one. But when they saw the magnificence of their family over the fireplace in a much bigger portrait, they'd buy the bigger one. And so it was a great way to upsell them, right? And it handled the objection. So that's the one you want to be aware of. You know, the final objection close is when you're getting objection after objection after objection. You want to make sure that the objections are, these are the final ones, or this is the final one before you move forward, right? And then deal with the objection and go to the close. And then the next one is the invitational close. 
So the invitational close is more of a trial close, right? So do you have any questions and concerns that I haven't covered yet? Right, so that's a great invitational close. You know, I, I've sometimes I've had to coach individuals who were, you know, moving into new positions and going through interviews and, and those kinds of things. You know, one of the questions, especially if, the, if you, you know, you're dealing with a corporation you're not familiar with, maybe it's a different company you're applying for a job for. And so on the invitational close side, you know, I would always teach them that the final question they would ask before the interview was over, before they stepped out of the room and got up from the table, is that it, it would be something to the effect of, is there anything that I've said or omitted that would give you any concerns about moving me forward to the next step in the process right so again they're inviting them to to sort of voice their concerns that they might have and you know what i've had clients who've had the person on the other side of the table say well yeah you know you don't have the unionized experience that we're looking for now, great. Now the one roadblock to get them to the next level is on the table and maybe they can deal with it, right? And so at least you know what you're dealing with. That's how the invitational close works. doesn't matter, you know, whether you're doing it for corporate or you're, you know, switching jobs. Do you have any questions or concerns that I haven't covered yet? Or if I, is there anything I've said or neglected or, or omitted or haven't said that gives you any concerns about moving forward? So this is a fairly low-key yet powerful close. You need to you need to remember that the invitational close is it's almost a little bit of a trial close, but it it can lead you to a close almost immediately, right? So since you like since you like what I've shown you, why don't we give it a try, right? So we're back to that. Either I can phrase that as a question, right? Why don't we give it a try? Or since you like what I've shown you, let's get started. Right? There's no question there. So back to my assumptive close or my questioning close, right? And so that's the invitational close. It's a little bit of a trial close, a little bit of, you, you know, you want to make sure that everything's out on the table so that you can get out of their head what maybe they're thinking about that they haven't said. Okay, let's go on. The smaller decision close. I love the smaller decision close because instead of making it overwhelming for a client, I'm making this massive decision in your business, you give them something smaller to decide on first, right? So, you know, in my world, you know, to work with me as a one-on-one as -on -one coach, sometimes people in, in smaller businesses, you know, they feel a little bit like that's a massive decision, right? Like, I don't know if I can commit to this coach, you know, and, and be able to pay and, and, you know, get the, you know, I know I'll get the results, but can I afford it? All those questions that come up for people, right? So the smaller decision close, um, is for me is very simple. We, you know, we did a, a show a couple shows ago. I had Margaret McClay on here um, and we talked about assessments. If you haven't listened to that show, it's well worth listening to how you can, you know, use assessments and benefit from assessments in your company. And, and all the assessments we talked about on that show we use here at Sonic Coaching. And so we have access to them all. So sometimes what I might say to a client around those is instead of trying to close them on the coaching, I'll say, well, what, what kind of assessment do you think you would need? Because, you know, we talk about that's our first session, right? So what kind of assessment do you think you'd, you'd like to go through or you need? Is it more of a regular DISC report or would you like to go more through a career DISC? Or we have a sales DISC as well or, you know, sales DISC. So I won't use all three, but I might go, you know, is it better that we use the career DISC right now with you? Or do you, would you prefer if we went with a sales DISC? 
right? And we talk about that. So the decision is very small, right? The assessments are not not that expensive. And so we give them a smaller decision close that they can think about. And then, of course, if they're going to move forward on that, we kind of have to assume they're moving forward on the coaching, right? So that's a smaller decision close. Think about that. What can you offer your potential potential clients, potential customers that makes that decision somewhat a little bit easier for them to decide, right? Because maybe the big, big decision is a little too overwhelming for them. Now, we want to talk about um, another one, which the approval close. I actually really like the approval close. And again, it's one of my top nine because we get the client to approve the moving forward. You know, I find this close works really well when I'm dealing with large corporations, large transactions, uh, those kinds of things. When it's a, you know, it's a, if it's a big company or a big transaction, you know, we just, we just get them to approve moving forward, right? So, you know, if there's no more questions, you know, so you've dealt with the objections, right? You, you've handled all the questions and, and maybe you've had to go and, and, and identify that is this actually their last objection, right? Like we talked about, right? But once that's all done, all you do is you simply very quietly, like there's no talking here, you pull out the contract and get them to approve it. So the next step is, you know, I have a, a one page agreement. And so I just need you to prove that, right? Hand it over, let them read it, might read it with them. I've done that where I've gone through the entire agreement with them. Right, because I'm assuming we're closing. There's like there's no question in my mind. We're going to the next step, and so what I really want to do at this point with that uh, potential client is I just hand over the agreement. By the way, I call them agreements, not contracts. Wording is everything, right? Contracts scares people. Agreements don't. And so I hand over the agreement, and then I say, so the, you know, the only thing we need to do, you know, from here now is just for you to approve the agreement. Um, let me take you through it. And we go through it word for word. And so that's how I get the approval close to happen. Love the approval close. It works really well, like I said, with big companies where they're used to signing agreements, right? They're definitely used to it. Remember, my agreement isn't 20 pages. It's not something that has to go to their legal department, right? Now, I'm not saying you're if you're in a business where you need large agreements and you're, you're talking hundreds of millions or billion dollar projects, of course you're going to have bigger agreements, right? And there's going to be time required for them to take that to their lawyers and all of that stuff. But again, if, if you've done business with them in the past and the agreement's the same, maybe you don't, right? This is the exact same agreement we used when we did that last project for you, Mr. Prospect. And so getting the approval could happen right there in the meeting, right? Even getting a verbal approval and then giving them the agreement to take over to the law firm is fantastic. Right now, things could still go south and there might be some negotiation between the lawyers. That's fine, right? But, you know, get some kind of a verbal agreement and a handshake to move forward and then slide the contract over, okay? So that's our, you know, getting the approval close. Now, here's another one. This one is the one that, that people often dread and it's the think it over close, right? So they use this if they're really trying to get you out of the office. That's the bottom line. They're, they're trying to say goodbye, right? They might need a little push to close them, right? And uh, they, you know, now they just want you out of the office. Now, I gotta be honest with you. When a prospective client says they're thinking it over, most of them don't. Nobody's thinking about anything. They've been thinking about it the whole time you met with them, 
right? As soon as you're out of the office, they've got a million emails to deal with, phone calls, people pulling on them, clients calling. There's so much stuff going on, they're not thinking about anything, okay? And so the think it over close is usually just trying to get you out of the office. Now, I'm not saying everybody's that way. You know, the highly analytical folks, they do want to think about it, and you have to give them some time usually. But here's how you handle this. You start to relax. You say, okay, right? You want to think it over? That's no problem, right? And so you start to pack up. Start to put your stuff away, right? And you, you stand up, and, and then you don't move, right? So you stand up, and then you say something to the effect, can I ask you what it is that you're thinking about? The other way I've done it is, in my world, sometimes it's the money. And I, you know, you know if it's the money, and you know possibly what the objection is, what they're really thinking about, right? So you might say something like, you know, may I ask, is it the money that you're thinking about? If they go yes, then you know what the objection is. Fantastic, right? So now you can deal with that. Now you know how to deal with that objection, right? So if it's a money objection, you've just put the elephant on the table. You've just brought it out. They're thinking about, you know, can they actually afford this, right? And so now you have an ability to deal with that. Or again, like I said, you may ask, may I ask what it is that you're thinking about? Now you need to be quiet here. You just have to shut up. You cannot continue. Please, I, I can't stress this enough. If you ask them what they're thinking about, be quiet because they're gonna give you what they're thinking about unless you interrupt them, right? But sometimes I'll throw it on the table. So if it's money, I'll tell you something. We're gonna talk about the money objection right after the, the break. We're gonna go to break now. Remember, if you have any questions, you wanna talk about any of this stuff, um, or you want to deal with an objection that you're struggling with, uh, the call-in number is 1-866-472-5790. Love to talk to you. 1-866-472-5790. You've got to come back. We're dealing with money. How do you handle the objection? Back in a couple of minutes. Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. Propelling your business to new heights is easier than you think. Sonic Breakthrough Coaching can help provide the right tools you need to get there. Sonic Breakthrough Coaching works with business owners to improve both team and financial performance and with a proven track record of successfully helping owners and leaders turn around negative performance and morale and soar sales and profit performance to new levels. The time is now. Sonic Breakthrough Coaching, helping good businesses break through to great. Visit soniccoaching.com. At Sonic Breakthrough Coaching, we work with business owners and leaders to get the results they need. You can focus on the horizon, break barriers, and navigate change. Stop flying around in circles and get ready to break through to new levels of success. Sonic Coaching has a proven track record of helping entrepreneurs and leaders improve financial performance and success. It's time to turn around negative performance and morale. Instead, let sales soar and take profit performance to new levels. Sonic Breakthrough Coaching can provide the right tools and systems to get you where you want to go. We function as the CEO and executive team's co-pilot. Visit soniccoaching.com. 
Rise to amazing heights with your team. Join successful business owners and leaders who have let Sonic Breakthrough Coaching pilot them to success. Visit SonicCoaching.com today. Sonic Coaching, helping good businesses break through to great. We're on the web at SonicCoaching.com. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You're tuned in to Ask the Coach with Oliver Basner. To reach the show today, call us at 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. Now, back to Ask the Coach. Welcome back, everyone. I love the topic we're talking about today. It is the 10 P's of selling. You know, Sonic Coaching, we created the 10 P's. Takes you through a complete sales cycle. Again, pre-qualify them. Make it personal. Figure out the problem. Dig deep on the pain. Pitch towards the pain points. Proof, proof, proof. Handle the objections. Give them some testimonials in the proof portion. Pounce. Watch for the buying signals and ask for that order. You know, close the deal. That's purchase. Right? So we've been dealing with purchase. We've been dealing with closing. I've given you my nine favorite closes. My top two, the assumptive close. My second favorite one is the question close. If you missed it, just go back on the show. Listen to those. They'll change the way you do business. Now, here's the thing. In every single industry, the one dreaded objection that almost every single salesperson has to deal with at some point in their career is money. It's the dreaded money objection. And how do you deal with it? Right? And and I love when I teach this because this works. If you've never tried this, I promise you, it will reshape how you handle this objection. And I'm not gonna take credit for this because I love to give credit when people teach me something. I was working with a client about six years ago now. He's in the window business. His name was Al. And Al was probably one of the best window sales guys I ever met. He put together his own binder, his own tools, and the man had a grade six education, right? And so with a grade six education, Al taught me how to deal with the dreaded money objection. And here's how he deals with it. When he gets an objection, because his windows were not the cheapest, he had self-cleaning glass, he had triple pane glass, he had everything. He had the Cadillac of glass, right? Like your house was gonna be airtight, you know, you were gonna lose no heat in the winter, it was gonna stay cold in the summer, all those things that people are looking for, but you had to pay for it, right? And he would say, is, the, is it the price or the cost that you're concerned about? So let me repeat that. This works in every industry. Is it the price? So when they say, you know, I don't know if I can afford you, my, my reply to that, is it the price or the cost that you're concerned about? And I'll tell you that nine, over 90% of the people I say that to give you the deer in the headlight look. They don't even know what you're talking about. Huh? Isn't that the same, like what? Right, that's what's going on in their head. I, I don't, like, huh? Right, that you, you're kind of short-circuiting their brain a little bit because they don't know what you're talking about. Like price and cost, same damn thing. No, it's not. So here's how you take it to the next step. Is it the price or the cost that you're concerned about? And from there, do you, you go, you know, something like this. You know, the price is the price. I, I, I do have to get paid for, in Al's case, for the windows that we're installing. You know, the beautiful, you know, top quality windows that you're install we're installing in your home. But the cost to you could be significant by not replacing your windows. And then he goes into whatever those are. Things like, you know, 
heating costs, air conditioning costs, right? Whatever the objections, whatever, he knows his industry, right? So that works in every industry. So let's say your financial planner, right? Is it the price of the cost you're concerned about, right? Maybe they're concerned about your fees, right? Well, I do have to get paid for what I do. However, the cost to you could be significant if we don't put a retirement plan together so you have enough money to play with your grandchildren on the beach in Australia, if that was digging deep on their pain point or on their, you know, their goal. And so this is, a, this is one of the best objection handlers I have ever seen. It works every single time. And so no matter what industry you're in, you want to talk about the price or the cost, right? Like I had a husband and wife who I met with, and he was dead set against the price. He just did not want to do this coaching because he thought it was too expensive. And she was in. She she knew she needed help. She By the way, she was running the company. He was strictly there as the husband. He wasn't even a shareholder. It was her company, right? But she wanted him there for emotional support. And, of course, with him, it was all about the, the price, right? So, again, I said, is it the price of the cost you're concerned about? And short-circuited their brains a little bit because they didn't know what I was talking about. I said, because the price is the price. I do have to get paid for my services. You will see results. You know, so we kind of reiterated some of the things we talked about it. I talked about in that meeting. And then I said, but the cost to your business could be significant. If we don't work together, you told me that you're currently losing money. How long can you keep going before you run out of money? Right? So the cost could be significant. And so, of course, you know, the, the, you know, she became a client and, and, you know, the rest is history. It worked out really well. Uh, her husband never did get over the price part, but when he saw that she was getting results, it didn't matter. So in the end, she sold her business and, and you know, made some money on it. So the price or the cost, is it the price or the cost? This is the best handling of objections I've ever seen, okay? So if you didn't write that down, you should. Now, the next P after purchase is pedal some more. Right, so now that you've closed them, what additional complimentary items could you sell to your potential customer? Right, so they've made a decision to do business with you. What are those other things that you can pedal some more on? Right, like what are they? Because there's so many different things that that we can actually offer people in addition to the product and the service that they've just agreed to purchase from us. Right, so it could be you know some ongoing program that you have available. Uh, in my case, you know, we do use disk assessments, so we we have to use them, right? Because that's how we help our clients. So, um, you know, we have to actually use them, and so that's an additional sale that just happens automatically for us. It's not even an option, right? But you can have warranty programs, service agreements. You know, if you're in IT, managed care programs are the big thing in the IT industry, right? So, you know, monthly basis, they're making sure your backups are done, that your updates are done, right? That's part of a managed care program. You know, you could offer monthly reviews. I know an accountant who offers his clients either monthly or quarterly reviews, right? So that's a package price. And so in that package, you get a review with your accountant, right? How many of you have had reviews with your accountants on a monthly basis to look at your financial, look at the numbers, review those things, right? I bet you very few of you, if you're using an accounting firm, have monthly reviews. And so this accountant offers monthly review packages or quarterly, right? On-call support, right? What kind of support can you give them? Uh, service agreements are big in the appliance industry, for instance. Uh, monthly reviews can be used in any kind of service industry where you're, you're you know, you're ma measuring progress on how things are going, right? So what can you sell in addition? I can tell you that I have a clothing store that I love to go to, 
and um, their salesperson, he knows me. I mean, as soon as I walk in, like, doesn't matter who he's with from across the store, he knows, right? Because, hey, I trust him. He comes over, he says hi, and I'll tell you, best upsell guy I've ever met, right? I come in, I'm looking for a suit. By the time I leave, I've got three shirts that match, a couple of ties, pair of socks, and, and I mean, if I didn't buy, or more than a pair of socks usually, and if I didn't buy um, a pair of shoes, he definitely offered them to me, right? And so he is the king of upsell, but I feel good when I'm done, and I look good, right? And so what additional things can you pedal? So it's called peddling some more complimentary products, right, that the, the client probably needs anyway. Right. If they don't need it, don't upsell it. But if they do need it, why not offer it? Because they're going to get it from somebody. And so that's our, our next P. Then we go to our final and 10th P, and that is ask for referrals. So you're going to go from pedal to prospecting. So that's the 10th P, prospect. And really under the 10th P, you're going to now you're going to be looking at asking for referrals. So, you know, why not? They've just agreed to do business. I can tell you, I know of a coach down in the U.S. Uh, his thing is, as soon as he closes a client, he basically says to the client, look, over the next three months, you and I are going to work together. You're going to see some fantastic results. And in, you know, at the, you know, within those three months, one of the things I, I do need from you, because my business is built all through word of mouth, is I need two referrals from you. Or he might say two to three referrals from you. But I need from you at least two referrals over the next 90 days as we're getting results in your business. Are you okay with that? They agree. He remembers. He follows up. He says he never has to do any prospecting. He's constantly getting referrals, right? So that's how he's, he does all his prospecting. His happy clients are giving him new referrals. And quite frankly, everybody he's dealing with probably knows 700 people or more. And so a couple of names is no problem. So referrals, we could do a whole show on the referrals, right? In fact, I might in the future now that I say that because there's so many different things you can do from a referral side. But you know, that's the final P because we forget, right? Like we get all excited, they bought from us, then we forget to upsell them, then we forget to actually prospect and ask for referrals. So those final two P's are critical for you to ask for referrals, okay? And so when you've asked for the referrals, you've now prospected, so guess what? The circle's complete, you go back to pre-qualify. Are they the right client for you? Can they afford your product or service? I get referrals all the time, right? But sometimes, they're just not able to afford my, my product or my service. And, and we have different packages for different levels of business, but you know, or they're not the right client for me. And so I pre-qualify, I go back, make it a personal. So it, it becomes a full circle. Now, here's the thing. You've stuck with me this long on the show. So I'm gonna give you a bonus P. So we're gonna give you an 11th P. And this is critical to your success. The 11th P is pushback. And pushback, under pushback, you might get pushback when you've gone through that whole process, you might get a pushback and there's four major obstacles that you need to overcome under pushback. First one is negative thinking, right? This happens, you know, when you prejudge the potential client, right? You've got a negative connotation, oh, they're never gonna do business with me, right? Get rid of it, like, don't believe it. You don't know, right? I, I, I worked with a startup spa, had I had negative thinking, I would have never even met with them right? They can't afford me, right? There's no way, right? They're in startup mode and, you know, they barely afford their rent and, you know, paying their employees. And yet they became one of my best clients and one of my, you know, best and one of my favorite success stories. And so get rid of your negative thinking. That's, that's a pushback that's right between your ears. 
lack of genuineness, and I'm talking about on your part here, right? This when this occurs when you're too focused on the money or making the sale, not focused enough on the potential client, right? So you're not being genuine. You got to check in with yourself. Like I, if you're desperate for making a sale, first of all, they'll smell it on you, right? At a mile away. But the other thing is you're not being genuine anymore. Are you genuinely wanting to help the client with your product or service? Or are you just desperate because you haven't had a new client in forever and you got to close this sale, right? So check in with yourself, lack of genuineness. Um, and then, you know, incompatibility. That's the fourth major obstacle you need to overcome. And that's with your potential client. You know, you, you, you might go through a, um, a pre-qualify or sitting down with them and you just get, you're not on the same wavelength. Right? Maybe maybe it's a cultural difference. It, maybe it's different philosophies around business. They just want to hurt more people. You want to help more people, right? But if it's not compatible, I mean, this is an obstacle. Walk away, right? I've walked away from business. I had a, a potential client who had a multi-million-dollar uh, business in the healthcare industry. She says, "You're the exact coach I want," and and my gut was telling me, "No, I need to walk away. We just have different philosophies. We don't do business the same way. She's just using her people," and I walked away, right? So that's being incompatible with your potential client. And sometimes we walk away. And by the way, when I walked away from that client it was years ago, and I could have really used that client, and I still walked away, right? And I felt good about it. Um, and then the fourth one is personality conflict. You know, you gen generally you can't sell to a potential client that you don't like, and they generally won't buy from you if they don't like you either, right? So if there's some kind of personality conflict, figure out why it's there. Maybe you can work through that, right? Maybe you can use that, that conflict to your advantage when they become a client, right? Because they maybe think differently than you. But, you know, if you can't work through that personality conflict that, that it looks like you might have with them, then, again, you may want to consider walking away. Right, so that's the four major pushback obstacles. That's your 11th P. So, quick recap. Pre-qualify them, make it personal, identify the problem, dig deep on the pain, pitch towards the pain points, provide proof by handling objections, testimonials, those kinds of things, pounce. Ask for the order, I gave you the nine, my nine favorite closes. So you go to purchase, close the deal, keep it simple. Like I said, I have a one page agreement. Pedal some more by upselling or selling complimentary products prospect again by asking for referrals and then check in with yourself on the four major pushbacks which are negative thinking lack of genuineness incompatibility or personality conflict thanks everyone this has been a fantastic show I, i've been so excited to share our 10 p's at sonic coaching with you uh, i know it's a two-part show uh, this will make a complete sales cycle for you it takes you from start to finish it completes the loop and you can continue to go through this cycle forever and to your success. Talk to you next week. Thank you for listening. Ask the Coach with Oliver Basner can be heard live every Tuesday at 11 a.m. Eastern Time and 8 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Until we talk again, have a sky-high week. <laughs>